Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast with Jason and John and special guest Connor. What's up, Connor? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we talk about you nearly every episode, but you know, this time you're. I figure I had to make the trek, and you know, since you keep talking about me and the rankings that <laughs> shall not be named until January first, so exactly. And what's great is that Jason lives on literally the opposite side of the county from where you and I live, so it's so <laughs> so it's like a, a journey to get out here. <laughs> and somehow I get you both to come out here, and he even brings me my what is my drink for this segment. Yeah, for our drinking segment, you guys brought some indigenous beverages from St. Cloud. And Connor, why don't you explain what you brought from St. Cloud? Sure. So, yeah, the the beer that I brought today is called Selkie Pale Ale. It comes from Beaver Island Brewing in St. Cloud. Um, It was brewed, actually, for St. Cloud State's 150th anniversary. And um, it does go to charity, actually, as um, every can that is sold a portion goes to support um, Husky scholarships. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I saw those banners around campus when we were up there. And now you also, didn't you visit Beaver Island, uh, the brewery in downtown? I did. Um, as um, you and Bridget were visiting the carnival up there. Yes, the outdoor carnival with outdoor carnival rides, which I don't know why... Anybody thinks that that's a good idea when it's 20 degrees out. You were not <laughs> down so for it. Yeah. But, but Amy tried to shame us. Amy Miller, who was also on the trip, she tried to shame. She was looking for people to hang out with and go on those rides, uh, specifically the Purple Dragon, you know, Tilt-A-Whirl mm-hmm. ride. And so, you know, we helped her out while you were in the warm brewery enjoying some adult beverages. Yes. And, you know, I did have a good time. It's a great atmosphere um, at that brewery. Um, right there at downtown. Awesome. Um, so if you're, if our, any of our listeners are up in St. Cloud, make sure you um, give that a try. Yeah, and support, support scholarships at the school. Now I have, and I got this at the gas station as I was leaving town, I have Spring Grove Soda Pop Black Cherry Classic Fountain Drink, which is from Spring Grove, Minnesota, which I looked it up. It looks like it's in the southeast corner of the state where absolutely nothing appears to be going on, but I thought I'd give it a try. So you guys have already been sampling the Selkie Pale Ale. I'm going to try this. First swig. It's pretty good. It tastes like black cherry soda. So I doubt it's as good as your guys deal, but as you guys know, I don't drink. So (laughs) <laughs> we'll enjoy that. But Connor, thank you so much for bringing that yes, back. I say thank you very much. It's it's quite good. Quite good. So since you guys made the trip, I unfortunately was not on the trip. My daughter having a hockey tournament in Austin, Minnesota. I think you could have driven up from... Like three hours. Yeah, that's a pretty short drive. You know, yeah, it's like sure. driving from Omaha yeah. to Kansas City. You know. Driven up. Yeah, because I do that. <laughs> I don't know. We're questioning your. This is like a third of the way to Colorado. Yeah, we're questioning your dedication to this podcast. You're in the state and you don't <laughs> drive up for at least one of the games. All right. I forced my wife to drive in the middle of the night on her drive up there so that I could sit in the passenger seat and watch the Friday night game. 
And I'm probably the only person in the bar on Saturday night who's sitting there glued to their phone while some like rock band goes, dude, you be quiet. You're interrupting my hockey game. Well, yeah, you missed kind of an eventful, eventful series. I mean, well, outside of the hockey game, the hockey game itself was not very eventful. You wouldn't be wrong. You wouldn't be wrong. I mean, I will tell you on Friday night, the two to the two zero game. We lost two to nothing, but I thought right. they played. I thought they played pretty well mm-hmm. throughout most of the game. It was the first part of the first period. I think was probably the toughest for UNO. And right. the, but then the rest of the way, they just couldn't get any offense going in that game. Yeah, it was just um, their goalie, um, which names escaping me uh, right David now. David Hrenak. Yeah, yeah, David Hrenak um, was just a wall. He was just a wall. He played really well. Played very well, and just basically uh, them and uh, he and his defense just stymied uh, the Mavericks for the entire game. There were some brief chances, especially, you know, uh, I would say in the second period. There uh, were. But uh, it Mavericks were just not able to overcome that. It was tough. I think uh, Sam Spomer on Twitter, who's recovering ops, said it was one of those games that easily could have been Three to two UNO. It also could have been seven to nothing. Um, St. Cloud during that game. I mean, it was it was a it was. I mean, Jason, you watched it on your phone. I mean, I right. thought. I mean, a lot of people were down after that game, but I thought you know, holding that score to two zero, because you never know. In the third, second, or third period, some bounces could have gone our way, and it could have been a different outcome. I mean, I thought they played well, and honestly, Evan Winninger. Had a terrific night. I mean, I think you would agree with yeah, that, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he had 36 saves um, out of 38 sh- uh, shots on goal. So he was he was a point person that night. Um, made sure that it, the Mavericks were in a position to win that game if they were able to get their offense going. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what stood out to me is early on in the season, we kind of mentioned it, that before the season started, you know, where, where's... Where's the goals going to come from? You know, we lost quite a bit of our scoring prowess with the seniors that graduated. And, I mean, we knew that Morelli was going to be not necessarily, I don't know about reliable, but, you know, he's kind of where you look to to a consistency standpoint for goal production. Uh, you know, we hoped Olsen could come out and, and, and put some points on the board, but you get teams like St. Cloud, um, that are out there and, and know how to lock down one line. If you don't have secondary scoring, we're going to have a lot of games like that down the second half of the season. Right. St. I mean, St. Cloud's a tough team across the board. I mean, they're, right. they're good in all facets of the game. So the now number one team Absolutely. for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, so I was, I honestly, I was kind of hopeful after that Friday night game. I mean, I thought that, I thought that, we had an opportunity potentially the next night. I apparently I was kind of wrong about that. Um, so then you fast forward to Saturday night and we give up that goal, which was kind of a breakdown on our team. The first goal to St. Cloud. And I believe it was Blake Lazat who scored that goal. Okay. And I can't remember. I believe it was a turnover that led to that goal. Can you, I, I believe so. And it was just kind of continuing that pattern for, uh, UNO throughout yeah. the season where 
the mental we, breakdown. We, yeah. we have to give up that first goal yep. um, within the I know. first couple of minutes. <laughs> um, it, it, it kind of frustrates me every time, but it seems like, you know, both, all of our wins, all of our losses, it's been that same pattern. It is, uh, and it's so frustrating because it creates this little, you know, kind of hill you have to climb early on. And I thought two players, I thought Tristan Keck played really well on Saturday night, and then I thought uh, uh, Tyler Weiss played really well. And Tyler Weiss got his first point, which I know Jason Woo-hoo! is very excited about. He got an assist um, early in the game. Uh, Evan Wenninger also got an assist on that goal. Which uh, they added late. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, Zach Jordan on that goal. Um, but, yeah, I believe, yeah, Tyler Weiss was um, one of the few bright spots in that game, um, if not the bright spot. And we uh, were excited because our, our group there, we were sitting by you, Connor. Our group there was very excited to have an opportunity to get to cheer <laughs> for a goal. And then St. Cloud came down and scored right away in pretty short order. And we're like, oh, because, yeah, I, that's... I hate that when it happens because it's a complete momentum killer. But um, at least we got to, at least we got to, to cheer for that early on. I think mm-hmm. we may have a. Shot. Very odd to me because typically, in the past, you know, a larger sheet of ice, the the Olympic ice up there in Saint Cloud, that they, it usually produces more points. They usually have more offense in those kinds of kinds of games and. I don't know why it was with UNO, but even last season, it seems like we struggle a lot on larger sheets. Cairo College, St. Cloud. Yeah, it just seems, you know, and it wasn't just this season. It was last, you know, past few seasons where we just can't adjust to the wider ice. Mm -hmm. um, That um, when we put the puck down in the other, the opposing zone and stuff, we just don't know, um, you know, how to handle that in the Olympic ice as well as we would, um, you know, in back at Baxter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's always interesting because there've been some UNO teams that have played really, really well over the last decade on the Olympic. I remember some of the early Dean blaze teams here really performed well on that, but these, for whatever reason, they've struggled against St. Cloud last year. Um, it was a tough, you know, four games that we played against them last year and, this year, so far, it's looking like it's going to be tough. And they're a terrific team anyway, so, I mean, I can't. I mean, they're definitely a national championship contender. Right. Um, and, you know, that plays a, a part. You know, you have to play, as we've, uh, John and I have said in the beginning um, of the season, you know, you have to play a full 60 minutes of hockey, of good hockey against the team right. like St. Cloud or like Notre Dame. And then. Unfortunately, there have just been a lot of games where they haven't played a full 60 minutes of you know, good, solid, fundamental hockey. And, and that's been the tough thing to see. It's the inconsistency. It, it has kind of become the consistency this year. You know, you know, it seems like even games where we're playing you know, really, really well, there's that, that moment that the guys just seem to check out. You know, they're instantaneously, it's like they're not playing the system. They're, you know, one bad breakdown in our zone and the puck's in the back of the net. And now we're playing from behind. And I think that part of that is, I know a lot of people will say part of that is just a young team having to learn how to 
how to win, but we've got too much senior leadership to chalk it off to a young team, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I was thinking about this today. I mean, is, because this is obviously Gabinet's second season mm-hmm. as head coach. As head coach, right. Yes. And obviously he was there as an assistant the season before, but you ask yourself the question, I mean, are they doing something so outrageously different when it comes to practice and game prep? I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying, is it so different that they're just, the players are having a tough time picking up on this, or is there just some sort of a disconnect? You guys are looking at me like I'm have no idea, but it, it, it's like none of us really have any idea. We're all, I, I think that's what we're all kind of wondering, don't you? Wouldn't you I guess agree? that's been kind of the frustrating part of the season is, you know, what, why are they not performing to the level that they need to? Um, what is going on in practice? What is going on in their heads that's not getting them over the top? What, right. what is in that leadership translating? Uh, that experience you know, into, translating into, into more results. success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the question then is, is, can they, can they perform at that level? Is it possible or is it a talent thing? Is this a team that's just, they just don't have what they need at this point in time to compete with Duluth, St. Cloud, Denver, Notre Dame, those types of teams. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as a fan, I want to say no, like as a fan, I want to say, you know, we've got it, you know, we can do it. We just have to put all the puzzle pieces together and it's kind of one of those things if it clicks it's gonna you know everything's gonna write the ship and we're gonna be good but then the realist in me is still going like i look at that going i we just don't we don't seem to have it well, i don't think we got it i'm of the belief that we do have that talent we do have that yeah. talent it's just there there's been nothing to show that throughout the season that we have that talent on this team yeah nothing has there's no evidence of it and you know the you know I'm optimistic that you know the second half of the season maybe we can get some stuff clicking. Um, you know we've got a few weeks before Alaska Anchorage to maybe just work it out, do a complete reset. Um, but you know if if you don't, then it may not be a good season, uh, second half for the Mavs. It could be it could be tough. You know, it, and that's the thing. I you know I don't. Like you said, they've got a few weeks here. You've got Anchorage coming in who has won, what, one one game this season, I think? I mean, it's right. yeah. it's been... So there's an opportunity there to get a couple of good wins at the end of December, go into the new year with a little bit of momentum. But you do wonder. I mean, you do wonder if this is something that can be fixed during the season or if it's one of those things where at the end of the season, they're just going to have to... The coaches are going to have to put everything on the table and say, you know, is it is it a player issue is it the systems we're running is it the way we're doing game prep and practice you know are those things we're going to have to i i would imagine if the season doesn't end well they're going to have to make some adjustments in those areas one way or another but it does make you wonder with 10 freshmen or more coming in next season i mean it could be i mean it could be rough waters you know next season too when you've got a lot of young guys who don't have a lot of experience playing at the collegiate level and it's it's just interesting. I mean, it's a it's it's we're four ten and two. It's been a it's been a rough first half of the season, and you know you're always hopeful that they can go five hundred or better in those games in the second half. But if they don't, you know, it could be. 
we could have some very interesting discussions on this podcast, on Twitter, on Facebook, <laughs> on all of those social media forums. So, and and, well, and I think that's a that's a good segue into talking about you know as fans, you know what is the where is the line? Like, what are we? Is there is there a point where it goes beyond us critiquing the team to? us being a little, I don't know, vindictive or something, because quite honestly, if we lose to, even if we split against Alaska, I think that there's going to be a lot of haters come out of the woodwork. It's Yeah, it's going to be rough. I And I'll just say this as the oldest guy in the room. Um, back when we started Map Puck in 2000, I mean, the first few seasons that we had the message board were pretty good. And then we got to the 0304 season, which... Interestingly enough, at this point in the 0304 season, which was the season where they only won eight games, we had an identical record to the UNO team back then, had an identical record to the 2018 incarnation of the team. And that was one of those seasons, and that was an era where UNO was kind of a second-half team back then. So we were all just kind of waiting for them to get going in the second half, but it never happened. And obviously the discussions became, you know, people were analyzing a lot of stuff and, and people kind of questioned, you know, should you be saying things that are, you know, critical of the team performance, critical of how they look on the ice, those types of things, or should it be if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You know, I don't... I don't, All I, right, mom. I, I, well, it's, hard. it's it's one of those things. Obviously, as the guy who ran this was before Facebook and Twitter, so as the guy who ran the message board, you know, it was there was a lot of like focus on me, and then I felt like, oh my gosh, should I be writing hurt on people? I mean, I feel like you know, sports discussion is what the internet was made for, and so I feel like it's better to have fans engaged talking about the team than, you know, not. But I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, the, it, it, it's that fine line. It's, um, uh, I myself had to walk it, um, especially since I was an employee of UNO until uh, recently. Sure. Uh, and so I, you know, I had to be positive most of the time. Right. Um, about um, hockey. Um, I might have let myself a little bit go, maybe on the math putt group, but uh, <laughs> at least, you know, outwardly, I, you know, had to be, you know, even if we weren't performing that well, you know, try to be as positive. Smile and nod. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But now um, I have a little bit more freedom right. to, you know, express my feelings. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one to call out individual players' performance. Right. Every player has... Good nights. Every player has bad nights. Sure. And you know, you know, I'm gonna say, you know, maybe um, so and so had a, you know, had an off night, and that might have contributed. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna necessarily get in their head, as they say. Um, you know, and you know, figure out, you know, you know, call out this person's performance or that person's. Performance. Yeah, I it, and I yeah I, I and generally we don't see it. More of it's a you know. The team just didn't look ready tonight. You know, the team didn't perform well. That's usually the kind of comments that you that you hear. I mean, it's it's interesting because obviously, I mean, I wouldn't recommend that you know anybody go to Twitter looking for positive reinforcement on 
you know, anything in life because <laughs> you're probably not going to find it. Um, I, honestly, I think our, I, because obviously all three of us know a lot of the fans that are active on social media uh, surrounding this team. And so I, I think people are pretty diplomatic, but it can, I mean, it, it can get rough and it could get rough. And, and, you know, it, it can get heated because, you know, especially, um, you know, take Saturday's game. Sure. You know, it was a very, very disappointing loss. Yes. Um, you know, we, we, St. Cloud run up the score on us. And there were a few fans that, you know, were very, you know, animated on Twitter. Right. And you can understand that to a point. Um, you know, you're, you want to vent your frustrations. That's what Twitter, that's what Facebook is for. Right. But, you know, you don't want to get to the point where you are criticizing an individual player. Um, and it, it didn't last night. Or it, it didn't Saturday. But, um, you know, there, there have been times in the past where it's gotten to heated to the point where... Sure. You're... Yeah, I see a lot. And I think, mm -hmm. for me, the line is is that if we're... First off, I, I think that... To play devil's advocate before I get into my opinion, to play devil's advocate with it is that if you're going to say so and so had a good game, or you know, like you had said earlier, you know, Riley Alfred stood out to you, Tyler Weiss with his assists, you right? Know, he played good games, and and that like <clears throat> if you're gonna if you're gonna call out players for having having done well in a game, you can likewise say so and so had a bad game. To me, I think. The line is drawn at the point where you say someone's performance in a game is in any way indicative of them as a human being. Because I see a lot of times, I remember uh, watching DU, there was, we were tied and there was like 20 seconds left in the game. I mean, just eat the puck. Like, you don't try to do something stupid and the guy comes around the back of the net, fires the puck. Cross the cross the center line, it gets cut off, and it's in the back of our net with like eight seconds left to go, and we end up losing. And I remember the number of people that were just so down on that guy. I, I just I just don't think it's ever that like he made a bad play, he made a really bad decision, and that's what it is. Like he learns from it. He's a you gotta remember too. These are especially compared to us. Like they're kids. They're 18, 19, 20, like, most of them can't sit here and drink two of the three things on our table. So... They can drink my drink. They, they, they can, they Anybody can, can drink. Fun with John. That's right. Peewees can drink the drink on my table. <laughs> so I, I think that's the key, is is to remember for our fans and stuff and our listeners that are out there, like, it. I think it's okay for you to say, like, so-and-so just didn't have a good game. You know, they need to learn from this. I, I think that's okay. I just... Don't ever say that, you know, so-and-so is a bad player or, you know, I don't know why we have him on the team. Like all those types of things. Yeah, the, 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 the ones that get kind of snarky and personal. I think like like you were mentioning that particular play at DU, I think like, for example, if an inopportune penalty is taken, that's kind of a cheap penalty. That's one of those situations where I'm like, you know, that could turn the game and lead to another team scoring. That's one where you might want to say, oh, they, you know. They, they shouldn't have. That was not I a smart play. Classic example from this season. Galt gets thrown out because he comes off the bench and, I don't know, apparently he butt-ends a guy. I still 
don't believe I ever saw that, but whatever. Um, I, I think that was just <laughs> fabricated. I think, I think he came <laughs> off the bench. I think that's the big thing. But yeah. in any case, like, I think he played a, I thought he played a really good game. And I, I bumped into him after the Saturday night game and, and told him this. I said, I thought you played a great game. And I didn't tell him this part, but I think he made one bad decision. He, right. he got involved in something that I have a hard time faulting him for because I really want you to stand up when someone runs Evan. Yeah, you but, de- you definitely do. But, I, you, you mentioned right. that. Was that last episode or was it, that? Two episodes, it was a car college game. Yeah, so it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the last episode. episode, yeah. And so, yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me because I think that if you he played a good game and he made a bad decision and that's all there is to it. Nothing against the guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good player. I just think he made a he made a bad decision in a game that he was playing well. Yeah, that's and, what it is. And that, you know, that happens throughout the season from yeah. game to game. So, yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things where obviously you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to look like a, you know, jerk about stuff. I mean, but by the same token, you know, in the ebb and flow of discussion, that stuff is probably going to come up. Part of it just depends on how tactful the person is who's discussing it, because as we all are aware, on the internet, there are, you know, a seemingly endless supply of people who lack tact. So I guess we would probably encourage fans to be more tactful and give a little bit more thought about what it is that they are. Yeah, constructive criticism. Right, and be be a little more analytical. Mm, Be more analytical, because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, players are going to read this, coaches are going to read this. And is that a bad thing? No. Um, you know, right. Ryan Galt called out, you know, certain tweets on um, one of the press conferences um, earlier in the season. That's why he wasn't on Twitter for a while. Right. Um, which might have been actually. You <laughs> too. <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's your I, fault. I, I will admit I, I have, I have, there have been a, a time or two this season I have said, you know, did they give a complete effort? Did they play a whole 60 minute game? And I know you've. And I've said the same thing. Said the thing. And again, it, it goes back to the fan that, you know, obviously, you know, the players are going to be players and the fans are going to be fans. And you and I like to talk about the team on social media and a, a lot of people do. Um, we enjoy the team and, and uh, like, you know, all the other college hockey fans on there we like to kind of commiserate about the games and and i think you and i tend to be pretty thoughtful um individuals and not terribly reactionary but but it's one of those things and like i said having having run uh you know mav puck for it'll be 19 years in january i mean yeah it's one of those things where you do because i i and i i will say this too i've gotten criticized because of the the comments that have been on that message board over the years just because people can get you know kind of squirrely and frustrated obviously now there aren't a lot of people on the message board so it's the most sedate place on the internet so if you're looking for kind of a calm kind and gentler and analytical place where it's mainly connor and i and a few others who post right now, you know, check out the Mad Puck message board. But um, like I said, it's it's one of those things where, like I said, it's it's a fine line, and you you know you want to you want to be a good fan and you want to be supportive, and so I think you try to balance that stuff. But it's it's always a tough thing talking about sports um, on the internet and trying to you know maintain a rational point of view. <laughs> And like you said, keep in mind that they're not, I mean, they're not professional athletes. 
No, but they but many of them want to be professional athletes. So this is the type of thing that it's a learning thing, right? You're not like it's not going to fly if you're playing NHL and you react the way that some of these guys have reacted to fans and Mm -hmm. you know their engagement with them. And I think that you know coaches is trying to teach them how to play hockey at the next level. Uh, Part of the education process is how do you how do you treat you know, the people who really want to see you succeed, they want to see the team succeed. They, like anyone, they have off nights. They say things that maybe right. they regret. And you got to have a little bit of duck feathers and let water roll off your back. Well, you look at that. I was watching an ESPN documentary on Duke basketball recently, and they were, they actually encourage their players to use Twitter and social media, but they have a person there who trains them mm-hmm. about using it. and that's one of those things that you know the bigger universities and the bigger programs are able to do that obviously UNO is probably not a, a program but that it's an interesting thing because they talk about it using that tool to further your career and further your opportunities after um, you play at the school so it's kind of one of those interesting things I mean I I like to see the players on there and uh, obviously we like to tag them uh, when they score a goal or have a good game or one of the three stars so yeah that's just an important thing to have is you know player fan engagement Mm -hmm. yeah because you know when the players are engaged with the fans and the fans are engaged with the players then you build interest in the program yeah Um, you know a large part of it is winning Um, right but when you know when you don't have that like this season you know that's when the other parts of the fan experience is key. Exactly. And, and there, there that's aren't one part of it. Yeah. And there aren't always a lot of engagement opportunities in the past several years. And it, when you don't get to know the players on the ice, then they just become kind of pieces on a chessboard. You know, they, it, it's, you just see them as, as kind of the, the, a, the stat sheet, you know, you don't, you don't have that, you know, give and take that, you know, we as fans are human beings. We're not just, you know, Twitter personalities. And they as players are human beings too. And so, you know, that was one of the things, Connor, you and I got to experience at the St. Cloud game after the Saturday game. They had uh, they had a couple cool things. Number one, they would have their season ticket holder of the game that they announced during the game, which I thought was really cool. I think UNO should do that, but then they would have to announce that Bridget and I at some point were, you know, the season ticket holder of the game. And Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the last season ticket holder. Like, we've got, you sure no one signed up last yeah, week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We have, we have, we've, we've gotten rid of that promotion. We have now changed it to something new so we can recycle all the people we've honored the last four years. So there's that. And then the second thing that they did, which I thought was really cool, was on Saturday night, they start their games earlier. So they start them at 6.05, 6.07 instead of the right. 7 o'clock hour. And they had a skate with the Huskies after the game. And I think you got to skate with both the men's and women's team. And so it was an opportunity where fans could bring their skates or go out back out to their car afterwards and go down on the ice and skate with the team. And it wasn't just the 12 and under set, which... I know Jason has, you know, 12 and under set in his house that enjoy doing the skate with the Mavs. But, you know, families could get out there on the ice with the players and skate and get to meet them and get to know them. That's usually how skate with the Mavs had been, you know, years and years ago. But those are just great opportunities to get to know these players. And I think that that's a really important part of the program. Like you say, Connor, 
especially in those seasons where things aren't going well, it's a good idea to have that bond between fans and players um, that's kind of been developed over the course of a, a few years. So hopefully UNO can do more of those things going forward. This. Do you think that things like that influence you know what we just talked about with the the banter between fans and and players do you think that if the university had more events where they could interact and we could you know seem like they're real human beings and not just you know guys out there playing hockey like there's you 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 learn about like i just think that you know with my kids and stuff they've been fortunate enough that some of the players have really uh, engaged with them and they've been you know great about saying hi to them when they see them they recognize them even when they're not we've gone to volleyball games and seen the hockey players and they recognize my daughter um, and so I don't know I part of me thinks that I have a different interpretation of who they are because we've been allowed to have that kind of interaction so do you think if they if they open this up beyond just player and kid kind of thing and it became more of a player fan kind of engagement stuff that that would help with this uh, i believe it would yeah uh, i mean um you know already does a few things like the season ticket pickup event um this year where they had the the, the players there um and then um you know skate with the mavs which i'm assuming will be in the second half of the season um but you know it would be nice to have some more kind of organic opportunities because, you know, um, you have those experiences because you're in, in the hockey community. Right. A right. lot of our fans are not. Right. They're either casual fans or, you know, they've, they've been hot, hot, you know, seat, hockey right. season ticket holders forever, but they're not involved in the other aspects. So it would be nice for to have more events where the players, you know, are just coming up, um, you know, right, exactly, just, just talking, yeah. you know, it, you know, it doesn't have to be oh, autograph and then, you know, run away. Um, it's more of you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, thanks for your support. Um, you know, and just kind of just have those conversations. Right. And in the early years of the program, they used to have things like a preseason picnic and they would have hockey one-on-ones at a local watering hole where you could uh, ask uh, a couple players the questions and things like that. And it was just a chance to go up and shake their hands and chat with them about, you know, what are you studying in school? You know, how are things going for you? How's your fa- How was your summer? I, I think those are really important, and it seems like the trend has been away from those things. Obviously, like Jason said, they do stuff with the youth hockey community, and that's an important thing to do to develop the game. But, you know, a lot of fans like Connor and I, we're, I mean, we're helping to pay the bills at Baxter Arena, and, you know, we don't have kids. We don't play, you know, rec hockey or adult, adult rec hockey. We don't have kids playing youth hockey. And so having those opportunities where we can interact with the players, and I know that their time is valuable, but I think part of the experience as fans and part of the experience for the players, it should be, you know, kind of getting to interact with fans. And UNO is a, is a, has a small enough kind of niche fan base 
that I think that those things could happen more and more. And I think that they should. I, I, I sometimes think that, that they take the athletic department takes a little bit of a bunker mentality sometimes. And it's easier to do that. And I think a lot of people are always wary of things. But I, I'll just say this. We're really nice fans. I know most of the fans that are active on social media, we're not scary. We're we're really fun people to be around. So I, I think it would be, I think it helped build camaraderie between the team and the community to have more of those events. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would be positive reinforcement for the team because they're seeing all these fans that, hey, you know, I really want to support you. I really want to get to know you. And that, that you know, just had, you know, it's just that positive reinforcement right. for these student athletes. Because, you know, they're not only being asked to play hockey most weekends from October to uh, March, um, but they also have to worry about their studies, um, you know, and they have practices throughout um, and, you know, other commitments that they need to take care of. So having these events um, is not only beneficial for the fans, it's also really beneficial for the players themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what about other events? You guys had mentioned when we were prepping about St. Cloud doing the teddy bear toss and the skate and and that. And we just came off of our, you know, huge, successful Harry Potter night <laughs> at Baxter. Arena. We had a we had a Star Wars night last year, didn't we? On a on kind of that weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we had a start. Yeah, we had a was it that weekend that we had. Yeah, it was either that week or one or run around. I take Star Wars night over Harry Potter and be the. Oh yeah, you and I are big Star Wars fans. I don't know how you feel about this. Okay, so I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm not as big as a Harry Potter fan, but I do understand. You know, there are fans. There are. There are. Yeah, absolutely. Against them, just not Um, my cup of tea. Somebody got in. Um, got very offended when I didn't post Harry Potter night in one of my recaps. (laughs) So made sure to put it on there. So. Yes, you must get all of the de- Just so you know, we get criticized as fans too. Believe me, when we're not doing our job, I get the uh, "Hey, why didn't you guys do this?" or "Why didn't you?" Or I, the other one I get is the you know, "Why'd you guys spend the first twenty minutes talking about what you were drinking on that podcast?" I you know, I tried listening to your <laughs> podcast and I couldn't get through that three minute segment. I'm like, okay, guys. So for all of you out there, just so you know, there's this little bar thing at the bottom of the podcast, and I'm like. <laughs> Every place it is, just skip like, I don't know, skip like 10 minutes in and you'll be fine. But sometimes, you'll get past us I mean, sometimes we do curse the players. I was hoping that would happen this weekend. It didn't quite, but again, it yeah. works. I mean, it only worked once somehow. I'd like to, I mean, I would love to see the teddy bear toss thing just because I think that that is, it's super fun to be able to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the teddy bear tots, you know, it'd be great to have it at UNO just because, you know, we have toys for tots here. Right. Um, which, you know, there were some issues with that, but you know, it was, a, it was, it was a really good event, um, um, that day, but to have something that's more visible. Exactly. Like, more visual. More visual. Yep. Where you're throwing a big, huge teddy bear onto the ice. I mean, uh, and you see it everywhere. I mean, we weren't the only one, uh, or St. Cloud wasn't the only one doing it. Um, Colorado College was doing it yep. the same day. Union um, did it last weekend, yeah. Yeah, and then there's lots of AHL teams that also do this as well. Yep. Um, and it's a great visible thing of um, donating 
um, things to the community. Right. Um, so, you know, something visible. And, you know, if you're not having a good, if your team's not having a good day, like, um, you still Saturday, participate in something like that. You still participate in yeah. something, and it feels really good to throw something. Absolutely. And in, in our, in my case, it was throwing a stuffed, you know, husky that we found at Ikea the day before. It was just great throwing that husky out there. It was like, toss that husky onto the ice, which it resulted in a St. Cloud, St. Cloud fan hugging me as I was walking up the stairs, which was incredibly awkward. And apparently this guy Weird. later on at the red carpet got tossed out, according to, uh, you know, Amy and Connor. So, I can't confirm this. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. So, uh, but again, it was a, I mean, look at that. Look at the positive. I was able to interact with a fan of another team, shake his hand, <laughs> say hello. And he was so excited that I was throwing a Husky and I had the other team's gear on. So this is a yet another event. But like Connor said, it's a visible thing that, you know, people can take pictures of. It can be filmed. It's social media friendly. And that's the kind of things that I think, you know, they need to continue to do. But like I said, doing things like the preseason picnic, the hockey 101s that they would do one in the first half of the season and the second half of the season where a coach would come out or a couple of coaches and a player and they do equipment demonstrations. They would break down video. They would talk about some of the plays that they run, um, you know, the power play, penalty kill, etc. And so you you learned a lot and you had fun and it kind of built camaraderie among the fans and among the team. So that's all I got to say about that. That's all I'd say about that. We'll see if they do it, but I think that they should. Yeah, and you know, just just going off, John. You know, you know, UNO does a few things already. Right, so, right. You know, but it would be nice to have something on a consistent basis. You know, maybe not every week. Right. You know, but you know, every other home series. You know, you do a Star Wars night. You do a Harry Potter night. You do sure a retro night. Do Jersey night. Jersey I mean, that night. would be yeah. I'd like or to see more people in jerseys at the game. Exactly. Either Mavs jersey or you know maybe Lancers or Lancers, yeah. Jake Gensel jersey. Sure. Um, you know, something like that. Um, and then you know, make a calendar of events. So you can generate buzz before the event be like, you know, look at, you know, somebody can look at the calendar online and be like, oh, I see there's a 90s retro night. Exactly. Let's go to this. That's right. the biggest thing. And I think that's one of the problems that they ran into with the whiteout last year. These are the things that they need to like during the spring and summer months, come up with a master schedule of things you're going to do because they know what the schedule is going to be, maybe give or take a, a, a couple of games, a couple series. Mm -hmm. And set the calendar to do these things. That way they can start promoting them well in advance so people have more notice because it's awfully hard to get um, the message out. You know, working in marketing communications, you have to, you know, hit these people four or more times before the message sinks in. So yeah, that's a, a absolutely great idea, Connor, is to, you know, set a calendar. And a lot of these things are low and no cost things to do. So it's not like, it costs the university a lot of money, but it helps build goodwill. And it makes it more than just going and watching a hockey game. So, Right. It adds to that. Yeah, it adds to that engagement. You know, it's something that you want to do. I mean, you should be going to the game for hockey. Right. But, you know, I understand right. there are some people that, you know, they go, you know, for the event. You know, it sounds cool. Yep. You know, their friends are going. Um, so having those types of fan events we'll get more people in the door. Exactly. And I hope Coach does, I think, even more 
with Gabnet than with Blaise, that the players are more engaged in the youth hockey community. And I think that even just seeing them out there as volunteer coaches for, you know, initiation programs or learn to play programs or even to do their own after the season's over to do their own, you know, learn to play hockey with the Mavs kind of thing and let the kids come out and, you know, teach the kids and stuff. Like even as, as an adult, just to see them interact that way puts a human element to it. I think that things like what the blue line club did with that, that dinner, I think is a, an outstanding idea because again, like, like you both said, I mean, it, it's just an opportunity for fans to engage with the players on a level real layer. It, it, there's, it's not a us and them kind of thing. And part of me, I think it's kind of weird is that every, it seems like every season ticket holder event that UNO does is basically your chance to get them to sign a poster. And it's probably the same poster you had at the last one. Right. Right. So do, do something different. Like, I saw, I, I can't remember, it was a D3 team that someone posted to me and said, have you ever heard of anyone doing this? And it, I was like, I've never seen this before. Uh, they did a, a campus scavenger hunt where for two hours you had a, a sheet and it gave you clues to where to find players. And they were hanging out in like, in a library or they were, you know, at the back end of the rink. And so you're like traveling all over their campus, hunting down the hockey players and you're having to find them like, that would be so much fun. That's a, that's a really <laughs> cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I, I look at it this way. Coach Gabinet talks about a lot about building culture. And I think part of the culture is that, you know, we can all, we can all maybe be a team together because like I said, you know, our fans aren't scary. We're really fun people. I, I meet new fans every year and it's just, a, it's a great group. And it, it's part of the reason I enjoy UNO hockey are the, you know, the fun things that, you know, the fun experiences we get to share, like <clears throat> being up in St. Cloud with <clears throat> my niece, Lauren, who is a trader and is in her second year at St. Cloud. Uh, but Connor, never forget, never forget, never forget. Connor, um, Amy, Bridget. I mean, we were all up there and we were just having fun. And it reminded me of, of some of the hockey trips we took, you know, a decade ago. And it's, it's just a great chance for fans to bond. And I, you know, we would love the opportunity to get to know the players a little bit better. So I hope maybe they'll consider implementing some more things. Cause I think it's a, it's, it's great to, for them to be out in the community interacting with, yeah. with the people who are cheering them on throughout yeah. the season. And it gives us someone to console us when they're having a bad season. And that's we right. Can, we can all be together in our misery. <laughs> that's right. That's right. In a pint of we all are our, our group therapy that we uh, conduct uh, every week <laughs> on uh, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> and other social media platforms. So anything else you guys have before we uh, wrap up this edition of the Mav podcast? I mean, I don't, I think we've, We've covered a lot here today. Connor, Connor, how was your experience on this first I podcast? Think, yeah. yeah, it was a great experience. You know, I you know, wasn't shooed away the first five minutes like I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's it, you're cut off. <laughs> yeah. Connor, go back upstairs. We're going to stop and we're going to re-record from the beginning. Yeah, I didn't say anything I shouldn't have said, so it's... You were, you were on podcast. point. You were on message. Thank you. I'm always happy when I get out and not dropping like an F-bomb or something, so... <laughs> Good job. Exactly. Well, if you would like to be part of our community, 
Be sure to follow MavPuck on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find links to our social media channels at MavPuck.com. You can also find links to all of the back episodes of this. And if you haven't listened, we've got a couple weeks off, so the time you would have been spending watching the games, you should get caught up on all these episodes. Tell your spouse, tell your family, you're going to be listening to the MavPuck cast over this next coming holiday time here we're we're uh, experiencing now here in december so and then on that topic of the break though we are not taking a break are we no we are going to have a special holiday episode coming up here in the next couple weeks Woo! christmas special yay that's right and bridget wanted us to be sure to ask you guys if you had any ideas for Gift ideas for Mav fans, right? Yeah, gift ideas for Mav fans. Send them our way. Send them our way. Tweet us. Tweet us. Facebook. At MavPuck on Twitter. I don't know if you guys will actually do it, but Connor will. Oh, I definitely will. I've got some ideas. Yeah, Connor is, Connor's really been good about supporting us. So thank you. Thank you for bringing the Selkie Pale Ale. That was great for the drink segment. It supports a really good cause. It was. Awesome job. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us on the You're podcast welcome. today. Thank, thanks for having me on. Awesome. It's been Bye. great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, guys. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Go Maps. Go Maps.